St. Martin's School Radio. Jordi Albert, Lionel Messi! Oh, oh my goodness! Lionel Messi does it again, he's superhuman! Builder, can he tee up someone in red? In it goes towards Lundgren! Ilzaka trying to help Orion Robin! They are still mired! It's a sharing up and so Manchester United have reached the promised land. Welcome to the uh, St. Martin's Football Show. In today's uh, special episode, we've got fans from Watford and Cardiff to talk about what they think of the next season as the championship resumes in the next few weeks with the EFL Cup on the weekend. We've got Alex Searsley to talk Cardiff and Sean Kobach to talk uh, Watford. Right, we'll get straight into it. Sean, we'll start with you. Obviously, Watford come down from the Premier League last year. What do you think or how did that, what's your hopes of Watford going up this year? Well, my hopes are, you know, they're a little limited. I've, 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 been a fan going to games since I was seven, which uh, I hate to admit was 2002. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, I'm getting, I, I've seen a lot more of Watford in the Championship than I have in the Premier League. And I got really used to the lovely land of the Premier League and hoped we wouldn't go down. Um, but I know how hard the Championship is. So, all the Twitter fans saying that we're going to walk the league are uh, <laughs> slightly scaring me with their arrogance. My hopes and my expectations. My hope is that it all clicks and Ivic, uh, who seems to be an incredible manager and a really um, ambitious manager, but not ambitious in the horrible Marco Silva way, uh, where he'll betray you, um, <laughs> will get it all clicking. All these young players like Luis Suarez and Yael Pedro and Purvis of Stupanan will continue their fine form that they've had uh, in recent in the last year, uh, apart from Yael Pedro, but I think he's, he's due a break. Um, and we'll, we'll, you know, be colossal, the next Bielsa, and it'll be incredible. Chances are what will happen is we'll struggle at the start. Uh, the league's so competitive, and the team will still be learning to play with each other because it's almost like a new team. Uh, I think we'll have four or five new starters in that squad, uh, maybe six, and um, we'll be missing a lot of leaders. And I reckon what we should hope for is reaching the playoffs and hopefully having enough momentum to go up because I think we'll have one of the best squads but maybe not the best team uh, due to the lack of time spent together so we'll see that's my hopes yeah I certainly hope so and I've, I've said it a few people have said about the championship who do you think will go up and obviously Cardiff's my local team but I do say I think Watford do have the strength to go up and I think you'll win the league this year it won't be as easy because the championship never is but I think you will go up whether or not it'll be with, um, I think you've bought in a few. I think you bought in Glenn Murray, which is a great yes. signing. But you've got you're getting rid of. I think Deeney's been linked with Newcastle and um, Villa, and we said before and about Decore. Um, do do you think then that Murray's a good signing, and will you have any more done deals that can really boost your squad in the uh, few coming months? I think we've got some exciting done deals coming up, but to answer first about uh, the big man, Glenn, uh, it's not a signing that 
excites in the way that, like, uh, when we signed Delafaye, of course. Of course it's not. It's a 37-year-old championship journeyman with an incredible record who has scored far, far too many goals against us. Uh, so, you know, I think what I really like about the Glenn Murray deal is I think you have to look at it in the context of the likely exit of Troy Deeney. Like, I was hearing today that it's most likely it might also be West Brom as well, or, like, yeah. all the other teams you mentioned. Um, for around twelve million pounds. Now I love Troy Deeney. I absolutely love him, like every Watford fan does, and we'll sing his praises uh, <laughs> forever. I've got a sticker of him on the back of the laptop. I'm talking to you on, but yeah. his he he has the head of a Premier League player and the effort of a Premier League player, or even of a Champions League player. But he has the legs of my dad at this stage. Uh, that probably is due to injury. But I think I think it's starting to really affect his game. The problem is, he's one of our best paid players. And he's the face of Watford, and rightly so. But he's no longer the legs of us. And he, he shouldn't be starting, especially when we've got these incredibly exciting young strikers in. The talk is that Luis Suarez, uh, the Colombian, not the Uruguayan, <laughs> um, <laughs> will be starting, having returned from Real Saragossa. And that's that's the hope. Um, I, I'm getting some static on my end, Leon. I hope that isn't coming. That's through. that's fine. Go on. All right. Well, basically, yeah. My hope is that we um, we start Luis Suarez, and that wouldn't necessarily be possible if Dini was sticking around. Because how can you not start Troy Dini, especially the fact that he's on so much money? But I think yeah. what's happening is that Glenn Murray's on a lot less money but that has a similar output to Dini and a similar play style and a similar speed, being honest, at this stage. So we get Glenn Murray in with who expects a much smaller role in the squad and is more of a depth option, meaning that that number one and number two starting striker spot are, are open to the young players who really not just deserve the chance, but probably are better players if they're given it. So, yeah, I think overall it's a good deal and it's a good bit of squad management, which has been long overdue. I, don't, I didn't want Dini to leave in any transfer window before this one. But I think now's the time. And I think he recognises that, and the club do. And Glenn Murray's a perfect sort of experienced head to come in. Yeah. And he's he's not exactly number one at Brighton anymore, is he? It's Neil Morphe. So, like you said, he he is quite a similar player. And I suppose he's getting game time there. But like you said, obviously losing Dini, um, as we talked before, and Delafeo is in Spain. Um, whether or not he'll come back, so obviously I think you've signed yes. him from Barcelona and he's been linked with Milan again. He is a good player. And as, um, as loads of reports saying that the core way to Everton is pretty much a done deal. Um, yeah. Obviously, you lose, you're losing two massive players there and Sars um, been linked as well. Do you reckon um, you can replace them and who do you reckon you'll sign? to come in and replace them for the championship. Well, what's really exciting is there was so much debate around who we were going to get as manager. And when Ivic was confirmed, there's been a lot of analysis of his Maccabi Tel Aviv team in Israel, who only lost two league games in two years, despite not having that big a budget. And they obviously won the title. Um, And he plays around a defensive mid um, and his central midfielders are super important. And that defensive mid is like the conductor of all things that happen in that team in a way that maybe Pirlo was uh, back in the days when he was playing for Italy. 
And um, we have been linked today, and it comes from one Twitter source, which I do trust, uh, with Jack Grimes of Swansea, who I have never seen play. But it looks like he's coming in, and I think he will be a replacement of it to an extent of Decore, which is really exciting. We're paying, I think, eight million for him. I don't think I don't know what Swansea's financial sta- status is at the moment, but a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so hopefully, um, it sounds like a really good deal. All the Swansea fans on Twitter saying there's no way we'd accept eight million for him, and then other more realistic fans are reminding him or those guys that uh, <laughs> that they've accepted much worse prices in the past. So, yeah, I think, ideally, we bring in, bring in Grimes. And then there's a lot of replacing from within. So let's say Delefeu leaves. You think, well, who do you, else do you have as wingers in your squad? It's also quite possible that Roberto Pereira leaves. But Watford have a lone army similar to Chelsea's in a way. I mean, not of the same quality. We don't have Mason Mount sitting in Holland waiting to become an incredible player. But we did have um, Ken Semmer on loan last year at Udinese, and he became one of the key cogs there as a left mid slash left winger slash left wing back. Um, so he could come in on one of the wings. Like we were mentioning earlier, Yao Pedro plays either as a striker or a winger, and I think has really been working on his physicality. His body has changed quite a lot in the six months he's been at the club. Well, uh, probably 10 months now. It would be six months if there wasn't a lockdown. <laughs> but yeah, um, and he's he looks like a real prospect on the wing in the mould of Richarlison, obvious comparisons. Um, and then you've got, um, I think Saar will stay, I think. You know, I hope that I don't come to regret saying that. Uh, but I think Saar will stay. I think the only team that will come in for Saar are Liverpool. And like you know, if and I think there's no way that Watford accept less than forty million pounds for him. And the only way they would sell him is if he kicked up a Lionel Messi level fuss. Um, and I don't think he's going to do that. All his interviews have been very positive. Uh, so I believe he's he's saying, you know, you know, the club have signed me. They paid a lot of money for me. I'm I, I, I work for them. He's been very respectful in his interviews, um, which is really nice to see. And um, I reckon we can keep him. And that's why I really want us to go up, because I really do not want us to lose him. And the same goes for some of those other young players like uh, Luis Suarez, uh, Kucha Hernandez, Estupanam and Yao Pedro. If we don't go up this year, we stand to have a couple of Jack Grealish-esque players. And I think you might remember when Villa went up, if they hadn't gone up, if they hadn't won that game, Grealish was all but signed to leave. Yeah. Now, in front of me, I've got your first three games here. You've got Middlesbrough home on um, 11th of September on a Friday. Then you've got Sheffield Wednesday. Then your big derby, um, Luton. Then um, <laughs> that's your first three games. Um, now, a lot of people, which has really surprised me, Luton have been tipped to get playoffs. Now, they obviously just about survived relegation last year. Um, Middlesbrough obviously got Warnock. Alex will obviously know a lot about Warnock at Cardiff, but... Sheffield Wednesday hot and cold. Do you reckon you can get um, nine points off out of them first three games, or what would be a reasonable start? Do you know, uh, trying to trying to predict Watford in the last few years has been a nightmare. To, at the start of seasons, especially. Uh, but I'll give you an answer. But two years ago in the Prem, 
we won that first four games and everyone thought we were going to pull a Leicester. Um, last year, we lost our first three games and got a draw in the fourth. Uh, this year, obviously, it's a different league. Um, and I, I really think we'll see... We played Spurs on Saturday, I think, in a pre-season friendly. Um, and we... I reckon that could be a surprise. I reckon we could do quite well. Um, and we'll see then. We'll start to see if this squad's moulding. But there's some highlights that came out of the Scunfort preseason friendly we had. And it seems like the system's being used. It's all about the efficiency of which the team get used to the system, uh, I think. And the system is very, you know, it's not Sarri ball, but like people have been dubbing it Ivic ball. And it seems like he really does have a style of play. If we're used to that style of play and and we catch Middlesbrough on anything other than a <laughs> really great day, I think we should win that, especially being at home. Uh, I think that Ivic is highly demanding, but there's so much going on with the squad. So I don't think if we lose that, anyone will be annoyed or worried. I think what will happen, though, is it's dependent on the levels of effort put in. But yeah, I think we should beat. I think we should beat Middlesbrough. We should beat Wednesday, and then with Luton Town, uh, <laughs> big line. You know, I, uh, yeah. Well, look, I mean, I I can barely remember the last time I was at a Luton game because it was it was so long ago. Because they're a tiny club that no one cares about. No, <laughs> not that bad. You know, they're a club that do a lot for the community, and that's one thing that I think can be admired about them. Um, quite a lot. I think you could also question uh, some of the racist chants that happen at their ground a lot of the time but uh, and a lot of the other things too. But I know Luton very well because one of my best mates uh, was working for them as a, as a data analyst. Um, I won't go into details um, but um, obviously they've brought back um, is it Eddie? Is it, who, what's his name? Nathan uh, Jones. Nathan Jones. Nathan Jones. Jones. Who, who is the man who got them promoted from League 2 and League 1 back-to-back. I had a very clear system and identity which they departed from last year. Obviously, they'll be returning to that. Obviously, their squad is built for that. But they don't have a lot of money. Um, so it's all going to be on making sure their squad is more than the sum of its parts. And they might be able to rally a sort of rivalry against Watford. But I also think we've got players who are hungry for that fight too. We've got Ben Wilmot. We've got Will Hughes. I hope Will Hughes stays. I think he will. Um, and I think we've got players like Ngakio and Kina who want to prove themselves and Foster who, you know, is old enough to know this rivalry exists. Mm. So, yeah, I think I think that game could go any way, but I think we should beat them. If you look at the squads, not just the squad worth and the squad value, but, you know, the pedigree of football played over the last few years and the confidence that Luton, mm, I don't think really should have I mean you know it depends on the first two games we should be winning that game but you know games aren't played as to quote a brilliant 2000 FIFA 2005 piece of commentary on paper we should be winning that but football matches are not played on paper <laughs> so we'll see what happens uh, we'll see what happens but yeah I hope I hope we can get the nine points I reckon it'll more likely be six or seven six well like, like you said you can't Teams don't go up, especially from the championship within the first three games. I'm having a look now. You've got eight games in December, which is quite, quite, quite hectic. Um, one of those games is against Cardiff. Now, we have got a Cardiff <laughs> fan, a very good friend of mine, Alex. 
um, we went to all the Cardiff. Right, we went to all the Cardiff um, Premier League games together, and we watched um, quite a lot socially distanced, of course, over many other um, ways. That all the rest of the Cardiff games now. You said to me, Alex, before um, football did resume, that Cardiff wouldn't get playoffs. Now um, they come so close. What What do you reckon um, the hopes are for this year? I just, I, I got no confidence in Cardiff at the moment, unfortunately. I, I look at what Warnock did, and I just don't think Harris is, can, can do the job that Warnock actually did. You know, it's um, it's so difficult. We got a we got a chairman who's hidden all the parachute payments last, what, three years, and I just think it's going to be very, very difficult for us to go anywhere other than mid-table this year, unfortunately. Really? Well, um, as, as we said, that Neil Warnock's gone to Middlesbrough, and there's been a lot of links with um, Junior Hoylet leaving, you've got um, Saul Bamber, as I said to you, wouldn't be surprising. Um, if those do happen, can you see Cardiff bringing in any any other big players like Watford have of Glen Murray and Championships. Yeah. Listen to that conversation. The players that you were mentioning just makes my my head spin. You know, we can't mention anyone in that type of ilk. You know what I mean? I'm so sorry. It's, uh, it's just <laughs> unbelievable. You know, I'm sitting there thinking, great player, great player, and then we, we're talking about junior pilot and Solvam, but it's it's a different league. It's a completely different world, and I, I think I think we're going to struggle again. I'm not saying we're going to be a poor team, but I really think as a squad, we haven't got enough creativity in the middle. And I still think our strikers are just improved. I'm not saying Kiefer Moore is going to be a bad signing. I think he's going to be a good signing. However, you've got to get the ball to him. And we haven't got enough creativity. We've got players like Mendes, Lang and Hoylet. They have two good games. And for the next 10 games, they go completely missing. And I, I think that's that's the biggest issue we've got, consistency and fitness. Like, no, I don't think we'll be challenging the playoffs this year. And I, I hope I'm wrong. And I'm hoping but I think it's going to be middle of the table, me, Joshy, but that's for sure, unfortunately. <laughs> now, um, Cardiff have had a good good run in pre-season, three out of three wins, which is always a good thing going into the season. Now, you've got Northampton in the EFL Cup on Saturday. Can you see you uh, Cardiff winning that? And do you, do you think if um, a lot of teams have a lot of success in the Cup competitions over the years, um, whether they're struggling in the league, if Cardiff don't go up, should you go for a League Cup high round? Like well, quarter, quarterfinals, fourth round, as we tend to see with championship teams? Possibly, but obviously as a Cardiff City fan who's seen Cardiff in the playoff final at Wembley, the FA Cup final and the Cardiff Cup final at Wembley, losing them all, unfortunately. Um, oh. I'm, I'm not really interested in the cup competitions at all. It has to be the focus, it has to be the league. If we can get a good cup run, I think it's good to bring players in and get a bit more match practice but no I'm not really concerned about either of the cups and obviously unless we're playing Swansea I'm, I'm looking to just hope we win but couldn't really give the monkeys it's, it's the league we've got to try and get a bit stronger in the league and a bit more consistent and that's, what, that's yeah. the problem we've got consistency it's, it's just not there yeah you first Cardiff's first three games Sheffield Wednesday at home Forest away and Reading home how can you see them first three uh, games going I think we could beat Wednesday because I think we, 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 we do always seem to start the season quite strongly. And I, I've noticed that Matty Cash from Forest is uh, linked leaving today, which is great news for us. But um, yeah, I, I could see us possibly getting six or seven points in the first three. I, I don't think that's going to be an issue. I think where we are going to struggle again is in the, the dark months of November, December, January when the games come thick and fast. We've got the players and the fitness to, to keep it going as one, as one team. 
know, that I don't go to half back, but the players that Watford are talking about, it just makes my eyes water. You know, Glenn Murray is a squad player. If he was a Cardiff player, he'd be playing every single minute of the season. You know, it's, <laughs> it's just unbelievable. You know, it's just it is just unbelievable. And I just think that just shows, unfortunately, at the moment with Vincent Tan. I've got a lot of time for Vincent Tan. He saved the club, no doubt about it. But I would like to ask him why. What are you trying to do to this club? Are you trying to invest? Or are you just trying not to? Because it just doesn't seem like he's interested. And to be fair, Neil Harris, what he's brought in Kiefer Moore for two million and a loan from Arsenal, which is great, no risk at all. But that's it, you know, you can't build a squad going up, you know, into the playoffs or even automatically with that type of spending. You'd probably be a bit more um, optimistic, you know, and it's it's quite a sad state of affairs, I think. But as I said, being an older fella and watching Cardiff fourth division in front of 1,500 people, I shouldn't really complain where we are now, you know, we are an established championship team, so I suppose I perhaps shouldn't be so negative, but it is hard to get excited, really. <laughs> now, you, you talked about December there, um, hard months on the, uh, you've got Huddersfield, which depends which Huddersfield turn up, you could win that, and then you've got Watford away on the Saturday the 5th, and then it's Stoke, who's massively improved their squad, um, I know Joby, Joby McHale's come in, and then it's Swansea, you've got Norwich, Brentford, um, looking at them fixtures, what are your hopes for December of them? Survival, I think that's about the only yeah. some of those teams you mentioned there, I think you're obviously going to start as favourites, but in the championship, you don't know. I'm not. I'm not saying beat by those teams. I'm saying we're going to beat those teams. Just don't. It's, the championship is such a difficult league to predict. You just literally, it's, it's like a, it's like potluck. I think the top team can beat the bottom team, and it happens consistently in the championship. There's always teams mm-hmm. you don't expect are always there, and I don't know. As I said, if we can get a December, you know, just outside the playoffs, we, we can give it a go. We could get December just outside the relegation battle, lose a few of them, and we could be in a relegation battle. So it's it's very difficult to look that far ahead, to be honest. It all depends on you know suspensions, all that sort of thing. Really. Yeah, and as as you talked about Cardiff's um, transfer, then I got rid of um, Danny Ward. Um, you haven't bought in a real, apart from Keithy Moore, um, a real high quality player. Can you see any more? High quality players coming in the statue, as you said, you, you take Glenn Murray, but any other players that can boost her, or, or is it not the wages that Cardiff could afford, if you like, compared I, to I, Watford? Yeah, and it's not just the wages. I think when you look at a Cardiff at the moment, if you've, got a choice, if you've got a choice of Watford and Cardiff, you're not going to choose Cardiff. So I think it is difficult for us to bring anyone else in. I think what I'm mostly disappointed about, which is specifically with Cardiff, we don't seem to bring anyone through the academy. Don't seem to have any players that start the season and sort of on the bench manage to get onto the pitch and stay on. We never seem to produce anyone from the academy. You know, Cardiff's a big area. You've got the Valleys, you've got Cardiff, you've got areas that we should be focusing on. Perhaps one or two youngsters coming through. And let's be fair, since Adam Ramsey, Chris Gunter, we, we haven't brought anyone through the, the youth system to, to, to challenge these older players and say, well, look, we're at your position, so improve their game. It, it, in a way, and that's that's what I am disappointed. There's no no youngster there who we seem to be looking for a first team appearance, apart from perhaps an FA Cup game or or a, or a League Cup game, which is not good enough, you know. And it's, that's what I find the struggles. That's that, that's my our biggest struggles been for the last five six years, really. Now, as as you said, you think as the championship could go could go anyway. You look down the road at um, obviously huge rivals Swansea. Do you look at Swansea now? They've got um, 
Morgan Gibbs Whiting, they they're starting to bring in a few more players. They've been linked with um I think is it um Conor, Conor Gallagher, I think they've been um from Chelsea, they've been linked with a few players. Do you look at Swansea and think they were a major threat this season? Unfortunately, I've got no interest in what Swansea do. If, if we can't go up, I hope Swansea don't go up as well. Or they get relegated, which is even better as far as I'm concerned. I, I look at Swansea and I just think as long as we beat them, it doesn't matter really. They're, they're huge games for us. And as, a, as a club, I think Swansea have a manager that's got a bit more contacts than perhaps Neil Harris has at the moment. You know? now he's, that's an issue where he seems to pick up Brian Brewster last year. He had that Conor Gallagher last year. He's picked up that Morgan White from Wolves. Again, quality player. I just think we just don't seem to get the ilk of those players in. You know, we tend to get loan players in, and they they set to sit on the bench or like you saw, Leo. We bring Nias in on loan for twelve games. <laughs> he couldn't hit a barn door, you know. So um, yeah. We don't seem to have much luck when it comes to the loan, the, the loan thing. But uh, you know, I, I'm not going to say good luck to Swansea because I don't wish them any good luck at all. But um, <laughs> if we come above them like we did last year, well. That would be a success as far as I'm concerned. Do you think, though, after um, your playoff run to the semi-finals, obviously you were unlucky against Fulham, do you reckon with pretty much all the squad there last season, do you reckon that's a bit of a confidence that you reached the playoff semi-final or is it a bit of a dampener the way you lost? Because personally, I think you could have beaten Fulham in that second playoff semi-final if you took your chances. Yes, I, I, I can't disagree, you know... Um... Again, you know, I think I think as a spy of the team, we have got people like Sean Morrison, we've got people like uh, Aiden Flint who haven't played very well, and he's had he was disastrous signing for us. He can he can come good, but I think we, we, we got into the playoffs because we played since lockdown. We were fantastic when we came back from there, and, and good luck to Neil Harris. And he has got a good squad there with the players we've got, but I just wonder, like I've said, it's consistency, keeping injury free, and not having silly people sent off, you know, like Lee Tomlin, he, get, he has one knock, he's out for a week, but they choose he's out for 10 weeks, which you can get Mendes Lang, he suffers with terrible after, which is, which is, but he seems to play well for one, two games, and you don't see him for three or four games, so it's, again, it's, I just don't think we've got the consistency here, and, and Neil Harris is a young manager, you know, he's got a lot to prove, and he, he, he did brilliant last year, and I put my hand up, I didn't want him as manager, I thought he was a cheap option, I prefer someone like Chris Newton, something like that, but to be fair, he worked wonders, so I'm going to give the guy a chance, and hope Get us to the playoffs again and just go one step further if if we can. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now it's interesting you touched on um, managers here. Now Sean, um, Watford have a lot of history with managers and getting rid of managers. Um, <laughs> so you've got you've got a new manager in, but who did you initially want after Pearson got sacked? Well, you know, I've learned not to uh, not to choose. I, I mean, you know. Unfortunately, despite uh, extended experience of football manager, uh, I know the real world works very differently. I'm in the game, of course. Uh, and um, I learned this, but there's only really one reputable Watford source. Uh, it's Adam Leventow at The Athletic. And there's a Twitter source uh, in Lou Warnes who is brilliant as well and has become incredibly useful uh, for Watford fans. But it was the rumblings of those two um, that gave us a, a bit of a narrowing down on, on who they were interested in. So that's where I, I picked my selection from. And um, the two that I was most interested in were uh, Barnsley's Gerhard Struber, um, 
who looked who looked brilliant um, playing that three four one two. But the three four one two was a bit of an issue because we have a squad very much designed around either a four two three one or a four three three, and the occasional three five two, I guess. Um, so that was why the other one that I was excited about, which is Vladimir Ivic, uh, made more sense. And he was he was probably my second choice. Um, what I was really worried about <laughs> was, you know, I was going down this sort of uh, danger route of uh, we were linked to Ventura, who is apparently the worst manager in the history of Italian football and all of these absolutely rubbish coaches. Um, but I was excited when we did appoint Ivic, who is, um, yeah, absolutely stellar record uh, coming from. He's, he's managed in a lot of small leagues, of course. Uh, he's managed in Greece. Um, and he's quite young, you know, for manager. I think he's uh, about 45. Um, similar, you know, to Neil Harris. And he, yeah, he, he came through a, a, a PAOK. So I don't know how to say it. Um, but one of the bigger teams in Greece uh, who hadn't been playing like it for a few years. And he managed to reestablish them. finishing, I think, in the top two or top three. Um, which is quite hard to do when Olympiacos is always going to be one of those teams. And then he took a year out. That's quite interesting. And he went to um, Maccabi Tel Aviv. And as I might have mentioned to you before, he absolutely dominated. You know, I really barely lost a game in two years and set up a system where it seemed like the team was more than the sum of its parts. The parts at Watford are good. The parts at Watford should not have been relegated last year. Uh, so... Hopefully, if he can make the sum um, worth more than its parts, that's a squad that you know should really do well in the championship. So I think, to conclude, yeah, we've got a real a real chance at um, potentially having a great manager here. I was very disappointed when we got rid of Javi Garcia last year, having walked into him a couple of times when visiting my parents um, in in St Albans. I I've met him a couple of times before and after he was sacked. A very nice man, very good manager. Um, and we made a lot of mistakes last year and that was on the club, it was on the chairman. Um, I almost always agree with when we get rid of managers. Um, I think it doesn't get dissected in any detail by a lot of media. Um, but I didn't agree with getting rid of Javi Garcia. I definitely didn't agree with reappointing Kike Sanchez Flores, who is notorious for not having a plan B. And he brought him back a second time and he definitely didn't have one and it failed quite a lot quicker. And I think appointing person was fine. I, I, I reckon there was a lot of behind the scenes drama that led to his uh, dismissal with one game left. Um, but yeah, overall, <laughs> I'm very happy with Ivic. I would really like to see it go well and to see him at the club for three to five years. I think that's actually what Watford are looking for, but they waste no time once they realise that that is not what's going to happen with someone. Um, I think being in the Championship is very good for that and I, because it's not the Premier League and it, we're not facing relegation, where, of course, you will switch your manager. Uh, hopefully, we won't be facing relegation this year, but it's really worth bearing in mind that, you know, look what happened to Sunderland. Um, you know, and like Alex was saying, there's just no... You just do not know what's going to happen in the championship. But yeah, I'm hopeful. <laughs> Sorry, I've gone on for ages, but I That's think it's a good manager. I'm going to put you on, put you on, put you on the spot, yeah? Um, 
who do you think the top two teams then will go up and who do you think will go up by the playoffs? We'll start with you, John. Okay, okay. I'm just, I just want to make sure that I haven't forgotten anyone. Um, I think the top two teams will be uh, Brentford. Yeah. If they don't lose their assets, which seems like they might not. Uh, they have one of the best recruitment teams. Uh, superb recruitment. They do all the things that I kind of wish a team like Cardiff would do. Um, and and maybe, uh, I don't want to say it. <laughs> I'm going to say Watford. I say Brentford and Watford. Uh, all the Fords. And then through the playoffs, it's so hard to tell. Um, I have a soft spot for Nottingham Forest, but I think some of the losses they're facing in the squad. No idea what will happen there. Um, it could be absolutely anyone. Uh, <laughs> but i tell you who it won't be. It will not be Luton Town. It will absolutely not be them. Uh, I really hope. <laughs> um, I guess I would say it could, it could be Norwich, but I'm more inclined to go for Maybe out of love rather than likelihood, I'm going to go for Bristol City, just out of hope. But I think they could pull it together. They've been around the edges of the Premier League for God knows how long, and I think they've got a chance at, at pushing on and getting in. Well, we'll certainly see right now. I can predict your um, yours, Alex. I know you're, you're going to go for Swansea and Bristol City to go up and Cardiff not to Cardiff to go down. That's yours, never. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> what is, who's your top three to go up then? I, I honestly think... will lose Callum Wilson and, and Ryan Fraser, but I still think they're going to be very, very strong and they've got a lot to prove and they've got top one. I think Bournemouth will go up as champions. I think Brentford will go up as runners-up. I think Watford will go up through the playoffs. So that's my prediction, I think, for now. Obviously, other teams can sneak in as it happens, but they would be the three that I would be to suggest. I, I, I don't know about Bournemouth like you said they're probably going to lose Callum Wilson but it's all, it's all, it's all he's about a, he's the... a very good manager for me anyhow I think he's been a bit overlooked um, again. when they got rid of him um, the, the guy they brought in I think So it's all, all, all about the consistency, though, and and obviously you, you know that Cardiff being in it a long time, like um, I'll see so close last year, but not, not quite. But let's hope for Watford's sake that they can, they can go up, and let's hope for Cardiff's sake you can also go up, but. I, I think there's a better chance of Watford definitely going up than than um, yeah, than, than Cardiff City. Like you said, Cardiff just haven't got that big signing like Watford have got or other teams in the Championship. Um, 
have got like kind of Norwich as well. They've been to I don't think they're going up, but we'll have to we'll have to uh, wait and we'll have to wait and see for the um, for the season, which I think starts on not this Friday. I think it's the Friday after, as obviously Watford um, open up. Yes. But this uh, this, <laughs> this week um, on Saturday, some of the EFL Cup ties were. Um, played most of the rounds uh, most of the games are being played on um this saturday uh blackburn beat doncaster 3-2 preston beat mansfield 4-0 and it was penalty wins for portsmouth and stoke they go through to um round two but some of the pick up uh, i can't speak some of the pick of the ties on uh, the weekend derby v barrow um barrow returning to the football league um the one that um, really surprised me that didn't get selected for TV was uh, Newport Swansea, which is obviously a South Wales um, derby, and um, mm-hmm. and there Luton, um, your uh, your big rivals they got Norwich in there as we said, Cardiff got Northampton, and uh, returning in our first time in the football league is Harrogate. They play. Um, Tranmere. Now, um, that's it for the EFL section. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Sean, for um, giving us an insight into um, into the what you think will happen to Watford and Cardiff this season. Let's hope for both your sakes it is very successful. And being a Man United fan and looking in on neutral, I do hope you do have your um, successful seasons that um, you both deserve and hopefully we can get you on again it's been a pleasure having you both on it's been fantastic I'm afraid I am going to have to go now but yeah thank you so much it's been great and lovely to yeah. meet you Alex as well yeah look after yourself mate good luck for Watford yeah good luck to Cardiff yeah thank you very cheers. much cheers now <laughs> thank you both you're listening to St. Martin's Podcast Radio Show. Well, there's a will, there's a week, kind of beautiful. And every night has a state so magical. And if there's love in this life, there's no obstacle that can't be defeated. For every tyrant to tear for the vulnerable In every loss all the bones of a miracle For every dreamer a dream were unstoppable With something to believe in Monday left me broken Tuesday I was through with hoping Wednesday my empty arms were open Thursday waiting for love Waiting for love Thank the stars, it's Friday I'm burning like a fire gone wild on Saturday Guess I won't be coming to church on Sunday I'll be waiting for love Waiting for love to come
irreplaceable How did I get so blind and so cynical? If there's love in this life, we're unstoppable No, we can't be defeated Monday left me broken Tuesday I was through with hoping Wednesday my empty arms were open Thursday waiting for love, waiting for love Thank the stars, it's Friday I'm burning like a fire gone wild on Saturday Guess I won't be coming to church on Sunday I'll be waiting for love, waiting for love to come Welcome to the uh, second half of this um, championship preview slash transfer show. We were um, brilliantly um, joined by Sean the Watford fan and Alex the Cardiff fan to talk about their teams. Now I'll be joined by the two regular pundits, Max Noon and Lloyd, to um, talk about the world of um, transfers. There's only, again, like we did last week, there's only one place to start. And that's with the um, Lionel Messi saga. Now, um, Lionel Messi's been, obviously, if you uh, haven't been on this planet the past week or two weeks or so, um, he has said he does want to leave Barcelona. Now, there's been a lot of rumours. Where can he go? Um, Where was he going to go most likely? And you'd probably say that's between Man City and PSG at the minute. I know... um, Neymar, who um, said he's staying this week, um, he caught coronavirus today, actually. He's he's asked for Messi to go to PSG and um, probably can afford him. Juventus want to sign Messi, obviously, to link up with um, Cristiano Ronaldo. Liverpool apparently offered Marnie to be involved in our deal, but Klopp lately um, dismissed that straight away. But... I say the favourites, and we said this a um, long time, there has been a lot of talk whether Bernardo Silva, Jesus and Eric Garcia could be um, in a swap deal. Obviously, Guardiola knows him. Um, I'd say Man City. Now, he requested a meeting with Barcelona the other day. Um, Messi, apparently um, Pep was in Barcelona on holiday. Uh, start with you, Lloyd. How likely do you reckon Man City um, are, or any other club are going to sign Messi this summer? 
Uh, I, I think if any club to sign him, it will 100% be Man City. They're the only club who have apparently made bids and got contracts prepared. You, you, you've seen no reports from PSG or anything. And then other clubs like Juventus, like Inter Milan, like Liverpool, they've all came out and said that they aren't going to target him because he's too expensive. So Man City financially is the only club who could take him on. How likely is he is to go there? It's depending on if the clause is still in the contract, that if he can leave for free or not. Because if he if he can't leave for free, then there's no way I see him going. There's no way Man City are going to pay a nine uh, seven hundred million release clause. So I think it all depends on on the clause in the contract and if it is if it is there or if he can leave for free. Yeah, and uh, interestingly, I think La Liga, um, the board said this week that. Is 700 million euros or 624 million in UK sterling does um, remain valid. Now, um, interesting about Man City. Uh, um, apparently, it is going to be a five year deal with obviously 250 million um, just in wages. Like Lloyd said, whether or not they'll have to pay the 700 million, which you wouldn't think they do, it would have to be on a three. Um, apparently, three of them years will be at Man City. And two of them will be at the Man City sister club, if you like, um, the other club that the Man City owners own, uh, New York City in the MLS. Um, um, it just just seems all a bit weird now, and it has got a bit out of hand. He didn't turn up for training or the coronavirus testing. Now, Max, um, do you think this messy issue will be solved by October the 5th deadline? Um I mean, it's, it's difficult to say. The situation has gone on for you know quite a, quite a long time, and it probably will continue to. It's a legal battle now as well, not just a battle for for money. Uh, the the club, obviously, the issue with the with the release clause, the league themselves have gotten involved. So it's it's tough to say, but I think I mean October is quite a long time. You'd probably you'd probably think that with with Messi's side, especially looking to get this sorted as soon as possible. That they must they must reach some sort of um, some sort of conclusion. Otherwise, you know, you'd be facing quite an extensive court case or something along those lines. Yeah, and it it has got a bit um, very sticky now, and um, whether or not it would get sold. But I think we have over talked um, Messi. There are a lot of other transfers going on. Uh, we'll start with your lot, um, Lloyd Arsenal. You've got a player in the bag and um, signing-wise, and you've probably got another three coming in. Explain. Uh, recently, we have confirmed signing of Gabriel from Lille for, I think, it's around £25 million. He's, he's an amazing player. He's 22, left-side descent back, left-footed, ball-playing. He's, he's exactly what Arteta wants, and he's a great signing. And then we've also got uh, Danny Ceballos coming back on another loan according to the reliable Fabrizio Romano and apparently we aren't going to pay a loan fee we're just going to have to cover his wages which I think is great business done by the club especially because we've recently released Mkhitaryan so that releasing Mkhitaryan then covers Danny Ceballos' wages which I think is great business and then uh, we're still trying to target Thomas Party, who is one of our one of our main priorities and we're and we are also in contact with Hussein Awar, who's another priority, but he's a lot more ambitious. As there are other clubs like Man City in for him, and he is very expensive. Yeah, as, as you said, you do you do need to um, improve. Obviously, eighth wasn't good enough, but 
Um, you had a very good victory on the weekend against um, Liverpool in the Community Shield. Um, Bamiang again starred. Now he's um, linked to the, well, pretty much going to sign a new deal. He scored after 12 minutes and Min- Minamino um, scored after 73, but you won 5-4 on penalties after a boost in mid-penalty. Um, going into the season, as much as people say, oh, it's only the Community Shield, how much of a lift is it for Arteta to win another trophy under his belt going into the season? Yeah, well, I think it's great for him. The team get to experience. Like, I know not having classes as a trophy, but under UEFA, it is classed as a trophy. The whole team gets to experience with another trophy. Arteta gets another. The club also then get more money because of it. And we play. We playing a lot of weakened team as well because we had players still in quarantine, like Alex Alakazer, um, Nicholas Pepe. We did, we haven't announced Gabriel yet, so we can play in East Atlanta quarantine too. Danny Ceballos, who was a staple in the midfield, wasn't a player at that moment. So we had to go with Mohamed El Nani in midfield. So I think it's quite it's quite a big win for us, even though it is only the community shield. It is very nice to have that that start to the season as well. Yeah, and as as you said, it it is um it is key and since um, Arteta come in, obviously he was assistant manager at um, Man City. But I thought personally, looking looking at Arsenal, it was a, a massive risk. But you look already, he's won. He's beaten Chelsea. He's beaten Man Man City. He's beaten Man United. He's beaten Liverpool twice. He's won at Wembley three times, two trophies. He's already won more trophies in two months than Tottenham have won in the past um, twenty years. So. Um, and you have the most wins at um, Wembley now, but how confident are you that Arteta is the man to take you forward? I'm 1,000% confident that he's the man to take us forward. What he's done already with the team we have is, is nothing short of amazing. And he's only spent, he's only spent like, I think, seven million, I think, on Pablo Mari and Cedric Soares, who we both bought in January. And Cedric, we bought with an injury, and they got injured again in training. Pablo Mari, you played them for two games, and then he also got an injury. So he hasn't really had any signings to make, and he's he's taken a quite a, quite a weak squad, and he's turned them into winners. Like he's, like you said, he's got all those wins. We've won the FA Cup, we've won the Community Shield, and like we did move up to table. But I think... like. He's a thousand percent the man to take him forward, but he needs to be backed financially by the club, because that's what that's what all all big teams are. Like without the backing, there's no way they they they're competitive and keep up with each other. So I think unless we do get the funding we need, then I think like it probably won't go well for Arteta, but nothing by his own fault. Yeah, but like you said, there has been. Um... You have brought in a few players, which obviously for your sake is massive. You haven't had that massive financial backing like Chelsea have had. We'll talk more about them. But um, you are raising the funds. I know um, you have managed to keep, I think, Maitland-Niles pretty much sure that you are keeping him. Obviously, he was close to joining um, Wolves. He was man the match on the weekend, but apparently he's staying now. Um, You've got, I think, Socrates has been linked um, with a few clubs. I think, what did I see was his... Um, so, Napoli. Na- Napoli, sorry. I think Roma were also outside of that, but um, according to Sky Italia, it was um, Napoli. You've had Bellerin, um, the look set to um, join, I think, is it PSG for 30 million? I think. Um, yeah, they put a th- 30 million bid in for him yesterday. Yeah, I, th- I think... And I know Bayern and Juventus were interested, but he, he is um, 
a good a good right back. He with Rob Holding. Um, looks like we've talked about him before about Leeds, but he looks like he's joining um, Newcastle now. We've had Torreira's been linked away. Can you see Torreira leaving? Uh, I, I definitely can. Apparently, Fiorentina, one of the clubs you are really wanting, is their main priority. But they don't have the most money, so they're trying to structure a deal where they get him but don't have to pay a lot. So I think the most reasonable point is they're trying to go for a two-year loan with an obligation to buy. So I think it's about seven million up front, and then about twenty-three million uh, after the two years with the obligation to buy. So like around thirty million in total, which would it'd be quite good for Arsenal, quite good for Fiorentina. Because they don't have to pay all the money up front, but then we then we can still spend that thirty million under how it goes down in the books. So I think that'd be a good deal. But it is just if they get that deal structured. Yeah, and as you said, it is the key to all these deals. But um, one quick one with Arsenal: Martinez, the goalkeeper, he's been um, linked away. I think Schalke is the pref. Um, option for him now you've been linked with David Rea from Brentford brilliant as reserve keeper um is it a shame you're losing Martinez uh I don't know if we are losing him now we went from him basically being one foot out the door and apparently now we might be getting a new contract so I I don't really know what to believe but I do think that one of Leno or Martinez will go in the summer because it, it doesn't really make sense when we are short of money having to I'd, I'd say very nearly world-class goalkeepers. Wonder if we can cash in on one of them, and then pick up, like you said, David Weir as the backup. So I, I'm not, sure, I'm not sure what will happen with Martinez, but it will be interesting. Yes, he is. He has done very well, especially when Lena was injured. He was um, more valuable than I know a few Arsenal fans, a bit on Arsenal fan TV, were thinking, oh no, we could go even worse now with Martinez now I don't think he was I'm going to be a bit biased here. I don't think he was the best number two in the league I think Romero um, was at the time um, I think he is um, pretty much leaving but as we'll see in um, the next few weeks I hope for your sake um, not for mine and Max's at Arsenal um, do well um, before we talk about Man United we're going to quickly squeeze in Tottenham Max and you've um, completed a signing this week of a uh, right back we talked about last week yeah, we pretty much said it was confirmed last week, but it's gone through, it's through, the, through the door. Uh, Matt Doherty from from Wolves. So really, the price tag is the most the most impressive part of the signing. But twelve, fifteen million pounds. I think thirteen is probably the final fee, which is pretty impressive for a player of his quality. A solid um, Premier League right back. He's proven an, an, you know, an established club. I mean, obviously not haven't been here for very long, but. They've, they've done very well in the time that they've been there, and he's and he's impressed. He's been one of the players to kind of prove his his ability uh, with with the, the club in the Premier League, and I think I think it's a good signing. It's, he's more of a reliable player than Serge Aurier, although Serge Aurier is quality, I think, but he just doesn't really have the mentality to kind of stay level-headed enough to you know do a job. I think consistently, I think it's a good signing. And um, as you said, he did very well at um, Wolves um, last season. I think he got the most assists for a right wing back in the um, in the world. But um, another player, according to the Mirror, you've been linked with now, Mr. Lopez, one like this. Um, well, we have said he's been linked to the two Milan clubs. Diego Costa's been heavily linked with Tottenham. Um, he's 31 now. He's looking to um, 
boost, well, get back into a, a career he had. He, of course, he worked with Jose at um, Chelsea. Can you see that one happening or not? Can I see it happening? Probably not, but I, I, if it were to happen, I'd be, I'd be, I mean, depending on what the wages are, I think it would be a good signing. Obviously, he would be a, a second choice, and I think in terms of a second choice, I mean, it's going to do a job when Kane is out. Um, I think, you know, he's not been the best, but in terms of, you know, uh, aggression and mentality, when he gets his chances, I'm sure he'd grasp them. Yeah, and um, as you said, Tottenham have warmed up quite well um, for the season. Um, I think you got Watford on Saturday, but you beat Reading 3-1 the other day. Goals from Alisson and Lamella and a Puskas bounty for Reading. And then you beat Birmingham later on with um, Bergwijn getting um, the goal there. Um, my team, Man United, um, just before we filmed this on um, Wednesday, we signed um, Johnny Van Der Beek from... Um, Ajax here with the number 34 shirt, I think, to tribute to um, his friend or um, or some, something personal like that. Um, do I think it's a... I think it's a good signing. I think um, we'll stick with the three in midfield. It'll probably be Fernandez, Pogba and um, him, himself. Um, but like, like you mentioned, Lloyd, we haven't really got a defensive uh, midfielder now, and we all know how rubbish Pogba, uh, Pogba was chasing back and getting back. And Fernandez can't can't do everything on the pitch as much as he likes to. So it it is not it's not an exciting, massively exciting signing like a Sancho would be or um, a possible Messi would. I know Green Mason Greenwood said he liked Messi at Man United, but very 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 unlikely that. Um, that's going to happen, but problem is, I'd say our best signing, which we'll touch on um, next week on the um, Premier League preview show, Dean Henderson, that's probably our one. I know we've been linked with the, um, the RB Leipzig defender. Um, um, well, uh, Dale Meccano. That's, that's the one. Um, but um, as, as we said, he's got the um, number 30, 34 um, choice. Um, Lloyd, I think you you do have a bit more detail on the number thirty four choice. Uh, yeah, he, he chose the number thirty four choice, which many other Dutch teammates and Ajax teammates have chosen, such as Justin Kluivert and Joel Veltman, as recently. Uh, due to uh, I, I don't want to pronounce the first name, but Nui from Ajax uh, in twenty seventeen, he collapsed on the pitch in a friendly against Werder Bremen. Then he was taken to hospital. And he was in a coma for a few years, and then, as of recently, uh, on 27th of March, he had woken from his coma. And then there was like a, there were programs put out in a in the Netherlands about it, and it was a big thing for them. It was, it was amazing news. So now, lots of players are like dedicating their shirt numbers to him and doing very nice things towards him. Which which is really good, actually. Um, you think about it and. Obviously, no one else has got a 34 shirt, so um, he's um, more than, obviously, he's got that one, but can I see us getting anyone else? Um, probably not. I think you look at Chelsea now, obviously, they've strengthened this past week. They've signed um, Thiago Silva from PSG on a free transfer. Um, I think they signed Saar as well from Nice on a free transfer. Um, we we did say that um, they completed Ben Pilewell last week. Now they're set to complete Kai Havertz next week um, when he returns from the um, 
Germany, I think, yeah, next week after we turn from the Germany squad. Um, in some other um, transfer um, transfer news into Milan, um, trying to raid tra- Chelsea now. Obviously, they got Conte, ex Chelsea manager. They want um, Kante, Emerson Palmieri, and um, ex Man or Man United defender um, Chris Smalling. I know um, he's been wanting to go back to Roma, um, which um, they're not willing to pay it on the 20 million um, we've asked for. Fenerbahce have seen a loan bid for um, Lanzini turned down. Um, I think they've only said that they can, um, I think they, he can only leave on a permanent deal. Uh, staying on to West Ham, they've been linked with um, Mario Goetze, who um, next um, World Cup winner in 14 with Germany. I think he left Dortmund last year. Um, I think, yeah, it would probably be a good sign, but we all know what happened through West Ham when he signed um, these top quality players. Um, as we've, uh, as we said earlier, um, when we talked about Watford and Cardiff, Conor Gallagher um, is in talks with um, Crystal Palace um, over a low move uh, to go there from Chelsea. Um, Declan Rice has been um, linked another move for Chelsea um, to boost their midfield. Um, that one actually could happening in the next few weeks before the season. Obviously, West Ham, and um, he is a big fan of him, but West Ham have said £80 million, pounds how much they want, um, but they're not willing to pay um, 65 Chelsea. Uh, Leeds have boosted their squad. They've signed Rodrigo from um, from Valencia. A few more departures that have been linked. Galatasaray won in a low move for um, Fred. Um, I think that's a, I presume that's a, a season a season-long loan. I know um, a few other clubs are, are interested. I know Roma won him on a, a permanent deal, but um, talk no more. Um, we'll go on to Everton now. They've been um, really busy in this um, window, as Lloyd just about report. Yeah, under Ancelotti, a lot of people were expecting Everton to have a Quite, quite nice. It's just quite a big window. But I don't think anyone expected one this big. Uh, recently, they are they're very close to signing Harris Rodriguez from Real Madrid, which is an excellent move. Someone Ancelotti favours a lot. Uh, he previously bought him at Real Madrid and by Munich as well. Uh, they're signing Allen from Napoli, who's also a very amazing signing. And as of recently, they're also very far in talks with Absolute Decore from Watford. So they're, they're basically very close to sending three new midfielders, which would be a complete overhaul in a in a quite a quite I, I don't want to say useless but quite underwhelming non-creative midfield. So this could this could be massive for Everton and would probably make it give this team a massive step up and they probably would finish a lot higher next year if they do pull all of this off. Yeah and as you, as you said Angelotti I think he, um, he knows um does he know Hamas from his Real Madrid days or some somewhere along the lines he does know him? And you said um, Everton, they could do well. But the problem with Everton is we always talk about they've spent a lot of money um, and we always say, oh, they could be knocking on the door for the Champions League. It could possibly get Europa League. But I think you're right there, Lloyd. I do think that they are bringing in these players that they do need. And as you said, that midfield that... They could be Abbey and Hammers, they've got Richarlison, they got Andre Gomez, who's still a, a great player. So it is exciting times for um, 
and Everton fan. Uh, Crystal Palace um, completed the signing of Eze, Wisha um, Eze from QPR this week. Um, they were um, heavily linked with him. Um, um, a few others that um, Aaron Moy has left um, Brighton, which nobody expected. I was just out with the blue. He's gone to Shanghai in um, in China, which a lot of Brighton fans are not actually happy with. That um, arguably Moy is one of their better players. Um, seeing him, um, seeing him go in the Championship. Um, a few other rumours, as we reported, as I reported last week, Huddersfield have signed. Um, Signed Joel Pereira from Man United on the season-long loan. He is a um, great young goalkeeper. Um, he'll spend the season there. Uh, Millwall have raided uh, Derby. They've signed uh, Mason Bennett on a permanent deal and Scott Malone on a, um, a season-long loan. And David Nugent um, has been linked with Bolton, Northampton and um, Tramia. Um, in, um, in other news, um, this week the Champions League has been... Um, Going on this year's Champions League with the um, qualifying round, um, Celtic surprised um, a lot of people um, by going out of the Champions League. They lost the Hungarian side, um, Ferencaros, 2-1. Um, there was also um, the Europa League going on this week as well. TNS won 3-1 against Lynn. Um, Shamrock Rovers of Ireland, they won uh, probably the most exciting tie of the round against um, Ills. They won 12-11 on penalties after drawing um, 2-2. Balotan won against Valletta of um, Malta, the Maltesian champions. So Wales were um, doing well in the Europa League. And Bahamas went out, though, um, the Irish team on penalties 4-2. Your mob, uh, Max Tottenham, go into the um, next qualifying round, I think, next week. Um, how far do you reckon you can go in this year's Europa League now? Well, with obviously Mourinho won the Europa League with Man United, and realistically, you'd expect something similar with Spurs. You know, he's not necessarily gotten you know had much to spend, but he's gotten a few players that you'd imagine he'd, he's happy with. Um, and I think especially players who are quite mentally strong and have the ambition to, to you know. Uh, push on and win trophies. So, realistically, I mean, in terms of of the squad's capability, I think they they, they should be looking to win the trophy. As simple as that. Yep, I know. Um, other British teams won the tie. Pick a tie to Shamrock Rovers of Ireland. They got AC Milan. So whether AC Milan can do it on a, a cold night at Shamrock in you know, a Derry City, the Northern Irish team, they went out. Um, as well as the men's, um, obviously the men's champs, he finished last last. Two weeks, I think, two weeks ago on Sunday, the women have just been coming to a conclusion. Uh, Leon won the All French semi-final one nil against PSG. Wolfsburg beat Barcelona one nil, and um, Leon had their record seventh women's Champions League title. They beat Wolfsburg three one in the final. The um, Scottish Premiership went ahead this week. Um, Rangers beat Hamilton two nil in um, some of them. Celtic beat Motherwell three nil. Nabernian's 100% record come to an end. They lost 1-0 against Aberdeen. So the top six is Rangers on 16, Hibernian um, 13, Celtic 10 and Aberdeen 9. But Celtic and Aberdeen got two games in um, two games in hands. Um, teams been warming up, as we said, about Tottenham for the um, season this week. Um, Lyle Taylor's goal was enough to beat um, West Brom for Nottingham Forest at St. George's Park. Um, 
1-0. Newcastle beat Barnsley. Um, Andy Cowell scoring it 2-1. West Ham beat Brentford 2-1. Yarmolenko and Suchek getting the goals. Leicester drew 0-0 with Sheffield. Um, Wednesday, Palace drew. Uh, Palace beat uh, Charlton 3-0. Goals from IU and uh, brilliant goal from Zahar. Dortmund um, drew with Paderborn and then they lost to Bochum. They had mixed sides out there. Hamburg beat Feyenoord. Um, look into some of the others. PSV beat Hertha. Ajax drew with then Union. Um, as we as we said there, um, as the season uh, season gets on, Cardiff beat Newport 3-0 and then beat she- uh, Bristol Rovers sorry, 2-1. Southampton beat Swansea 7-1, which is quite remarkable. And then um, both Cardiff and Swansea beat Cheltenham and Boris Green respectively um, 2-1 on Monday and Benfica beat Bournemouth 2-1. Um, French league also been going on. PSG um, playing their first game this weekend. Some of the pick of the um, games, Rennes beat Montpellier 2-1, which saw two red cards. And um, Memphis Depay scored a hat-trick in, um, sorry, no, two goals, um, both pens, sorry, as they beat um, Leon. Uh, sorry, he did score a hat-trick. They beat um, Dion 4-1 um, in in uh, that um, tie. And um, as we said, the EFL Cup goes ahead this weekend. Um, and the Premier League starts um, next Friday as well as the um, as well as the championship. That's it for um, today's um, championships last um, transfer show. We'll be back next week as we look um, back at this week's international football um, as the Nations League goes ahead. And we'll be previewing a massive preview to the... Um, Premier League season, we'll be having um, our predictions what our, uh, for the table, what our clubs will do, so Man United, Tottenham and Arsenal, and we'll be discussing um, whether Chelsea can get into the um, into the tight race. So thank you to all our guests today, um, Alex, uh, the Cardiff fan, Sean Watford, um, normal the pundits, Max and Lloyd. We'll be back next week. Um, keep safe. Goodbye.